Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Round the Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Yaroslav Korolev, Linus Klaza, Joey Devine, Salim Stoudemire, Ricky Sanchez, Sean Keen. Roko Yukic, Martinez Andreas Gavicius, Arizarn Lorbeck, Patreons, Lou Flip, thank you Lou, Matt Van Horbeke, thank you Matt, Kyle Bonet, thank you Kyle, musical guest, Frankie goes to Hollywood, and now the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine. Hi, how are you? It's me, that's right, Joey Devine. I forgot how to start this. I'm your temporary host. Hi, I know I do that part, and then I never know what to say right after. That voice laughing right now is, of course... Your friend and mine, Sean Keen. Sean, how are you? I'm doing great. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. I went for I went for a goddamn hike today. Uh, after the hike, we went to uh, a weird outdoor place in uh, Pleasant Hill, mm-hmm. uh, the Oak Park Plaza, uh, near my parents' home, and uh, there was a fastball cover band. Wow. That's very non-pandemic behavior. uh, I mean, I guess that's sending people away, possibly. Yes. Well, (laughs) what was weird was the band was in the the empty restaurant Mm -hmm. because everything's like 
they're in like the round table pizza parking lot, basically. Sure. Uh, it's pretty classy. Uh, but they started up and they like announced themselves as a fastball cover brand. I can't believe I can't remember. Or like, I think I just didn't notice when they announced their name. But they got like a third of the way through the way mm-hmm. and either were forced to stop because it was like too early or but they got to the point where they were like, anyone can see the road that they walked on. And then it just completely cut off. And it just it was like, also, you're opening with that as a fastball cover band. Mm-hmm. Well, they that's can't, your there's song? no way they were just a fastball cover band, right? I mean, they that's what one of the employees said was I think they're a fastball cover band. They can't be a fastball cover There's band. There's no like, fucking way. Even fastball would be like, I don't know if we have enough material. Uh anyway, it was it was incredible to have that experience as brief as it was, but also to realize that these people that didn't even like the song and weren't into the music were still uh like really disappointed. Because <laughs> <laughs> Because it was like, when or when else are you going to see live music? Again? Well, I just think I just think it was because they got halfway through the chorus of a song mm-hmm. they weren't into. It still felt frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> like it was frustrating already that this band was playing, and then they just like we were there for fifteen more minutes, and there was no more music. Wow. Yeah. Um, uh, I can't even think of Fastball's second single. I'm going to be honest. Sorry, there's not. I don't think there's. A, Sorry if there's any listeners out there from the band Fastball, but, uh... You know, I have done a podcast, uh, a music podcast, with a guy who was, like, number one Fastball fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they do have one one really big fan. I mean, they have five albums. They put out an album in 2009. No, seven albums. They have seven albums. They have seven albums. Okay. Yeah, um... I gotta say, that one was a curveball. Um, yeah, I can't even tell. Oh, their second single was called Fire Escape. Their third single was called Out of My Head. I do know that song. The song Out of My Head, I do know. It peaked at number 20 on the Billboard Hot 100. So I guess that's what that band was planning on uh, uh, closing with, right? <laughs> you open, yes, yes, you open right, with right. the way you close with Out of My Head. Uh-huh. That's right. you also know that song, by the way, out of my head. It's like she was she out of my head, was she out of my mind? Oh, I do I do know that song. I didn't yeah. know it was fastball. Yeah. I started thinking because uh Soul Asylum also has like a failed uh out of my head single, mm-hmm. which was like uh uh Runaway Train was the second single mm-hmm. on that album, yeah. and then Out of My Head was third, and people were like, Tell us about missing children again. That's what we want from Alternative Rock in 1993. <laughs> Show pictures of children who were taken by their stepfathers. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'm looking at this. Do you want to know <laughs> the... <laughs> so Fastball, to promote the album that came... Uh, all the they're of course their classic album, All the Pain Money Can Buy. Uh they uh-huh. were on the Horde Tour. Do you which that of course 
We all know the Horde Tour. It was started by John Popper of uh, Blues Traveler. Yeah, it's like a, a little softer version of uh, the Warped Tour. Yeah, but do you want to know who the other headliners are with Fastball? That yes, I, I would love it's to know. Fastball, Marcy Playground, and Everclear. Marcy Playground. I'm glad they got the headline <laughs> one time. I, Everclear I just... is like, Everclear has a catalog. Look. But Look, that's still the are... most, that is the three most 1998 <laughs> bands you can imagine. Oh, incredible. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, it's incredible that Fastball headlined, but Marcy <laughs> Playground, they're like, there's going to be a second single eventually. Like, I just remember um, <laughs> Sex and Candy being on the radio for like 10 months mm-hmm. all the time. And yet I don't think there was a second Marcy Playground song. I cannot. All right. I'm now on the Horde Tour Wikipedia. Yes. Look, we're going to talk about basketball today, I swear. But I cannot think of a weirder collection of artists that have just played this. I'm just going to start naming bands, okay? In in alphabetical order. Uh, I'm not going to name all of them, all, obviously. But uh, 311 starts with 311, right? Uh, okay. The Allman Brothers Band. What? <laughs> Bare Naked Ladies, Beck, Bella Fleck and the Fleck Tones, Ben Folds okay. Five. All right, go ahead. Look, look ben Affle- Bella Fleck is absolutely like, <laughs> I would have told you absolutely that is a John Popper pick because mm-hmm. he tried to get the Dave Matthews Band. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, who else is a bass driven well, like semi-roots pickup band. And they're like, yeah. Well, you know who let's else get, is on this Victor list? In there. The Dave Matthews bass... Band is oh, on they are this there. list. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I was only Victor... in the Bs, dude. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Bella Flock and the Flectones are so DMB adjacent mm-hmm. that like, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't do, if, if they were a TV series, there would have been like uh, a crossover episode mm-hmm. where like, there's a blackout at uh, Dave's house. Here's a, Who's here's going to help him? Electrician Victor Wooten. Uh, here's another uh, Dave Matthews adjacent band. Ben Harper and the Innocent Criminals. Oh, yep. Well, that that's this is real hoardy. I mean, it's weird because 311 seems more warped, but then uh-huh. you're like, yeah, they got some melodies. I could see them. I don't know. I could I could just see, you know, what I think I think John Popper thinks that amber is the color of his own personal mm-hmm. energy. It's it to me is just <laughs> look because, OK, you say Bella Fleck and the Flecktones, you say Ben Harper, you say Blues uh-huh. Traveler, you say Dave Matthews Band. It uh-huh. does seem like there's you're a jamming. certain you're in a genre here. Right. But then uh-huh. it's like Beck. 311 <laughs> the black right. crows no the black the black crows are like that's that's roots of... but they're like rock you know they're like they like rock a lot harder than these bands uh but yeah. let, i'm going to keep going here all right all right okay, can i can i tell you though that vicar wooten of bella fleck mm-hmm. and the fleck tones mm-hmm. uh he's the only person to win well, he was the first person to win multiple Bass Player of the Year awards mm-hmm. uh, from Bass Player Magazine. He won it three times. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Cowboy Mouth. Dave Matthews. Band. Cowboy? I don't know who Cowboy Mouth is. Uh, someone called Elderberry Jam. 
that uh, I they mean, they do not have a Wikipedia page. Elderberry Jam, uh, a little, little on the nose. <laughs> fastball, you can't have jam in your name. Fastball, of course. Okay. Galactic. All right, Sean. If there, based on the names I've read so far, is there someone we like to make fun of? That I haven't named that you could guess is going to be on here. Whose name starts with G? Uh, G Love and Special. G Love and Special Sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Government Mule. Uh, Joan Osborne. Okay, King? that I kind of got it. I kind of also. If you want to talk about 1998 artists, mm-hmm. oh my god, <laughs> King Crimson. Oh, that's that is a bit of a switch. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, by the way, Victor Mo- Wooten, uh, the bass player from Bella Fleck and the Fleck Tones, uh-huh. he has a brother uh-huh. who is uh, he's listed. Wikipedia says he's in Bella Fleck and the Fleck Tones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bella Fleck is, of course, a banjoist. I mean, mm-hmm. I know you listeners all know that. Uh, he is listed by Wikipedia as a musician, inventor, and composer. And uh, he goes by the name of Future Man. Great, great. Um, His primary <laughs> instrument is a guitar synthesizer that plays drums. <laughs> um, he's from he's from a very similar location as Dave Matthews. Uh, all right, uh, leftover salmon. <laughs> never heard of that. Uh, that that's just like a band that was always on these tours in 1998. You yeah, know what like, I mean? Like they had a really good band. Mm-hmm. That w- that was like the the thing, or like, yeah, these guys are gonna bring, you know. I, Molly. I really want to get to the M's here. Oh, yeah, Let me get right. to the M's because I think this is this this list this beginning of the list is gonna it's gonna blow your mind. I think. Okay, Ready? Okay. Lenny Kravitz. Okay. Marcy Playground. Of course. Modesky, Martin, and Wood. Oh my God! Wow, that. <laughs> The mighty that, mighty boss tones—they don't belong here. <laughs> they don't, but but like it's just the era. It's like we yeah. gotta have them. Morphine. That's weird. A band called Mr. Reality. <laughs> I don't know them. And, well, can I tell you how Mr. Reality spells their band name? Uh, please. Lowercase M, uppercase <laughs> R, space lowercase R, uppercase E A L I T Y. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> and uh, of course, Mr. Reality. By the way, <laughs> that's still a better name than Mr. Robot, the critically acclaimed television series. Mr. Reality. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe that was gonna be the name of Mr. Robot, and they were like, "Ah, oh, they still own the copyright." <laughs> All right, uh, Morphine. Also, we we got that weird Natalie Merchant. God, that's a little late for her. But, oh, it's solo Natalie Merchant. Yeah, yeah. She like they're like you can't bring the maniacs, and she's uh-huh. like fine. <laughs> Neil Young and Crazy Horse because they'll play anything. Uh, at, in 1998, Paula Cole, Fish, Primus. <laughs> of course, Primus was there. Look, this these are some people that just love an unleashed bass solo. I also should name. A lot of these people also played Woodstock 99. Like, it's weirdly, uh, there's a lot of crossover here. If you look up the entire uh, list of people who played Woodstock 99, like, Ben Folds 5 is on uh-huh. And uh No, Ben Folds 5 is not. Guster is, though. Guster, oh, weirdly, is, should have played the Horde tour. Seems like they're it, missing from here. 
Isn't Guster uh, <laughs> based on the bass player from Elliot Smith's original band? I think that's correct. I might be wrong. Anyway, I'm going to keep moving. Uh, Primus. I, I, wait, wait, hold on. I just want to tell this. Uh, I know a guy who one of my friends was in a band with Elliot Smith in high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, he will not he would not let me hear any of the music that they put together. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I did find on the Internet a song they had put together called The Machine. Mm-hmm. And it was all about, uh, like, how we're all dealing with the machine. And there's, like, a breakdown part. Um, I, I believe my friend was playing the synthesizer on this song. Mm-hmm. But there's, like, a breakdown part of the bridge where Elliot Smith is going, and here we have racial prejudice. And then, like, <laughs> there's, like, do 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 And he's, like, and here we have sexual prejudice. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. It's great. But you know about that? Uh, uh, you could probably find it on LimeWire. <laughs> uh, what was the name of the band? There. Uh, let me. I'll find it. You keep listing names, right. and I'll find it. Okay. Uh, did I say Paula Cole? Paula Cole, <laughs> Fish, Cord. Primus, Ricky Lee Jones. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, I bet. Want to know if married Tommy Lee Jones? Dude, I bet. Dude, I bet I could give you ten dollars and if and twenty five guesses and you would guess this band. Okay, uh, and it is Rusted Root, of course. <laughs> oh um, yes, <laughs> I can't believe I've never seen Rusted Root because I've seen a lot of these bands that you're listening. Uh, there was a point when my friend worked for the city of Concord, mm-hmm. and so he would just. He would just call me at like five o'clock a lot and just be like, we have 3000 unsold tickets to live. Do you mm-hmm. want to come see live? <laughs> um, Rusted Root, Cheryl Crow, uh, Smashing Pumpkins weirdly played the what? Horde tour one year. That's very strange. <laughs> Is that just when they had to fire half the band for being on heroin and they were like, I guess we could be a Roots band? Uh, who knows? Uh, Sun Volt. Of course. Uh, soul coughing, of course. Also very obvious, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, spin doctors. Here's one that is not obvious, and to me, they're not a very popular band, but the fact that they're on this list is very strange to me. Huh. And it is spiritualized. Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are floating in uh-huh. space. Is yeah. that, that's weird. Very weird. Is that the only British people we've had listed so <laughs> I, uh, Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, Elliot Smith's high school band is called Stranger Than Fiction. Mm-hmm. Great. He also had a band called A Murder of Crows. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if my friend was in that one. Um, all right. Uh... Also, uh, in one of those bands, he was billed as Johnny Panic, mm-hmm. and the other one he went by Steve Smith. Great. That's, uh, his, that's his real Squirrel Nut Zippers. Of course. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, Taj Mahal and the Phantom Blues Band. Um, the Tragically Hip, Toad the Wet Sprocket, Ugly Americans, and Sean. If I told you there are three W bands here that oh, are right. all very on brand, could uh, you it, guess them all? It's Wilco. One Wilco is one of them. Is I mean, they're a little outside, but is Weezer one of them? No, but... It is a W-E-E band. A ween. Ween is one of them, of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think jammy for this third W band. Okay, hold on. 
Think um, Dave Matthews ad- right. fish adjace. God, um, God, all I can think of is the string cheese. It's yeah, right you're now. close. You are so there. close. It's a name like that. <laughs> uh, they are called. God damn it! Give me the second letter. Uh, it's two words, and okay. it's uh, WP. What are they called? Oh, god damn it! <laughs> Wicker Park. Widespread panic, baby. Widespread, of course. <laughs> god damn it! Yes. What's very funny is um, when I first had my own apartment, uh, one thing that was great was that uh, I had a a roommate that was a major in, he majored Mm -hmm. in broadcasting. Mm -hmm. So he had like a really nice um, Apple computer just for editing videos. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that it had was one of the first like writable uh, CD drives I've seen. So I would constantly be making CDs out of his playlists, which is why I have like a widespread panic, a string chase incident. I have mm-hmm. uh, the one the one album that Money Mark put out mm-hmm. uh, sure. from the Beastie Boys. It was so jammy, and it's not even his taste now at all. But that era, like party and just just uh, regularly, once it got to be like twelve thirty. He would take over as the DJ, and it would just be a, a jam the rest of the night. It would be it would be like the Horde tour the rest of the night. This is <laughs> this is what it is. This is his iTunes from 1999. Okay, so Sean, your Z band, your final band, uh, according uh, to this list, which okay. I'm looking at a lower a uh, a different part of this Wikipedia page, and it is not every band because okay. the Horde Festival was revived. In 2015, uh-huh. and I'll tell you those people in a minute, but oh your Z band is, of course, Ziggy Marley and the Melody right. Makers. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in 2015, Sean... By the, by the way, my roommate had the the first Damien Marley mm-hmm. album. <laughs> in, in 2015, Sean, the Horde Festival got back together, and here are the four bands it names, featuring... Okay. Blues Traveler, duh. Of course. 311. Uh huh. The Verve Pipe. Wow. And Big Head Todd and the Monsters oh, I in can't 2015. Big Head Todd wasn't on the original. Goddamn. <laughs> Wait, could you name a Big Head Todd and the Monsters song? No. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I kind of feel like these might be Don Pardo's musical guests for the remainder of 2021. <laughs> Um, all right, we need to talk about basketball. Let's get to some news. This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news. For humans and robots. Trust the process. All right, Sean. What's our first news story? Oh, well, thank you for asking, Joey. Uh, the first one is about Malik Beasley, who had a little bit of a rough offseason, as you might have remembered. Um, he finally, finally, we ha- finally, he has received uh, the people that Malik Beasley wronged have received NBA justice. Now, this does not, as far as I know, well, I guess it's, it, I guess it's in conjunction. If you remember, Joey, uh, some people came to Malik Beasley's house. That's um, not what happened. Well, they, <laughs> they they were stopped in his driveway because they, they were on a house tour, right? But there was 
like somehow Malik Beasley's house was on like a tour of famous houses in Minneapolis, right? No, this no. was in Denver. I uh, no, it's in Minneapolis, but no, um, <laughs> they were on a house tour, and it was not of famous houses. It was like they were on some kind of weird tour where you like either look at Christmas lights or it's like. Oh, oh okay. these are big houses in Minneapolis. You know, it's was, like it's like a thing rich people sign up for. Malik Beasley was not even on the tour. They just stopped in his driveway because they were lost, I believe. Oh, and Malik Beasley uh, began yelling at them. Gun. Yeah. And he came out with a giant gun. I mean, that's weird because that part never made sense because he's not really famous enough, mm-hmm. but he probably has a pretty nice house. But no, his house wasn't even on the tour. Oh, they, they, just were just, they just stopped. They just they stopped because like, they couldn't figure out where the next house was, I believe. And we're trying to, they like, were looking we, at their we saw phone. Jiggy Jam. We drove past yeah. Prince's house. Where are we going to find Terry Lewis's house? Like, I, who, who else is a Minneapolis celebrity? Like, but it's not celebrities. Dave Perner probably still lives in an apartment, right? <laughs> well, we can't talk about Dave Perner because we already talked about Soul yeah, Asylum, right? Um, uh, so anyway, he came out and threatened them with a gun, and when the cops showed up, they found uh, a large amount of marijuana in the house. And uh, more like importantly, po- what was with the 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 only good part about this story? <laughs> what was with the large amount of marijuana, Sean? Uh, I believe it was a note asking. Oh, it was instructions on how to smoke marijuana. Uh-huh. I believe, according <laughs> to the police, this is a lie. This is a lie. There was not. <laughs> oh, look. I'm not. Cops are bad. That's why I think that th- this was a lie. There was not a fucking note about how to smoke weed. Or Malik Beasley is the weirdest man on earth. I mean, he was a college. He was a basketball player. Like his name is Malik. Oh like, yeah, you gotta put this in a pipe weed. and then you yeah, light like, it on fire. Oh, let, oh, you apply a flame to this? <laughs> Dost thou not rub it on thine skin? Um. <laughs> Uh, so, so they found a bunch of weed, and, uh, so, of course he was overcharged, uh, mm-hmm. but... He was overcharged that... both by, uh, uh, okay, yes, he was overcharged, well, we'll but we'll I'm gonna it. say he was also, he's been over-disciplined by both the police and the NBA, I... IMO. But he was, uh, he was, he was unfortunately in, like many people in society, in a, uh, very vulnerable position because... Because of the firearm, like, he could have gotten away with one or the other, I believe. Uh-huh. Uh, but he had, like, a crazy gun and threatened people with a gun and had a bunch of weed. So he pled guilty to these felonies, which did not become felonies after this plea uh-huh. deal. Uh, basically, the drug charges were thrown out. And after the season, Malik Beasley is going to have to serve 120 days of uh they say home confinement it's house arrest Mm -hmm. he can still go to the store he can go to the doctor like and again uh you know people shouldn't go to his house shouldn't stop in his driveway uh but as a result he got 120 days house arrest he got a 12 game unpaid suspension which is insane that that is an insane i'm it's just like a disproportionate amount of punishment like generally this is five games Right, like that is the standard. I think it's less felony conviction. Well, I mean, like guys who have like a second DUI get five games. Yeah, I'm uh, just uh, saying. To me, look, 
<laughs> he didn't really do it. Like, no one got hurt. That's my thing. Like, to me, this is much worse than much better. Like, it's obviously not great. He was pointing a gun at people. But, no. like... Like, the weed doesn't matter. The weed is The weed is it doesn't zero. matter. The that weed is, is zero. And, like, look, and in fact, he's a rich guy. Like, athletes yeah. get robbed all the time, and these people were parked in his driveway. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. if this were Florida and he was, like, a regular white dude, they wouldn't have even went in his house. Yeah, they would have, like, They would have been like, yeah, this stand your ground. You're on his property. Leave. There'd be, like, an OAN network-funded GoFundMe for him to, like, get more weed. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, but it's a weird – it's only a weird precedent to me because he got 120 days of house arrest, which, again, is not that much of a sentence. Like – It seems uh, like a lot to me. Again. No, I mean – no, no. It's, it's a lot. I'm just saying <laughs> in the context of, like, the criminal justice system, if you're looking at it like how bad a crime was this – like in terms of them needing additional punishment from their employer, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, yes, this is this is also overcharged in the criminal justice system. But to look at something where he basically just has to hang out at his house in the off season, uh, a twelve game suspension seems insane. Really like crazy, and that they and they clearly just took it like a tenth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that means to me that uh, convicted murderer Javaris Crittenden mm-hmm. would get a suspension of 188 games because <laughs> that is 82 games times 23 years divided by 10. And that's, you know, two and a half seasons. So if when he gets out in uh, 2032, I believe, um, if he wants to continue his NBA career, he's going to have to sit out two and a half years to show he... Look, I'm just um, saying people in this, this country sucks. point this guns at people on their property all the time and don't go to house arrest for a And they speak days. at like the Republican National Convention. Yeah. <laughs> like obviously so I'm anti gun and anti pointing them at people, but Yeah. Frankly, I'm like, I don't know if this is if what he did in our current society is a crime at all. No, I, you know I'm not I, mean? I agree. <laughs> like I'm I'm kinda like maybe Malik Beasley should be the libertarian <laughs> candidate for president in twenty twenty four. Also, they're taking a lot of money away from him here. Yeah. He's losing uh, a fifth a, what is it? A sixth of his salary this year. That's crazy. crazy. Like like there are there are people who steal millions and millions of dollars and do not get fined the extent that Malik Beasley got. Oh yeah, so he he got fined essentially got fined two point two million dollars for having weed in his house. Messed up. Just a real string of L's for Malik Beasley from starting from when he fought that guy. Yeah. Uh, now again, to now, now. again we, we do know that Malik Beasley has been making bad decisions for the last year and a half. Two years, also, I think. I think it's two uh, years. When he fought that Denver Bronco. Yeah. Now, that Denver Bronco also immediately got released. Yeah. Uh, and then his uh, somehow cheating on his mistress with his... No, it's his wife with Scott. His... his... No, but he was, was cheating his, his mistress. No, he had a mistress, but then he was <laughs> cheating. There was a third woman. Yeah, Scottie Pippen's wife. Or oh my god, that's right. Okay, so he was <laughs> cheating on his mistress with Scottie Pippen's ex-wife, <laughs> who is who is twenty years older than him. Mm-hmm. Now again, like sometimes you're like, 
oh, he just needs a wake-up call. He didn't need a $2 million wake-up call. Uh-huh. Also, he's playing awesome. Uh, I mean, as awesome as someone on the Wolves can be playing right now. Like, having a yeah, career he, year, taking 12... Also, he is... <laughs> yeah, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> taking 12 uh, games out of his career year. Um, He's and, fun to watch, he rules. Uh, the, the except nuggets... there is a good thing here, you know, though. The Nuggets could really use him, by the way. Oh, I agree. Well, they could have <laughs> used him uh, in the the three months after they traded him. Yeah. In the bubble, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they were like, I guess Tory Craig has to play thirty eight minutes tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, only two people on this team can score. What else could we have possibly done? There is a positive to this, though, Sean. What is that? More Ant Man, baby! Hell yeah! We haven't talked about him on this show. But no. look, this whole NBA season has been a fucking bummer. Uh-huh. I don't even really like watching it. I don't really like talking about it. But I do love watching Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards, and talking about Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards. You know what? Let's let's actually talk about this now. I thought we would talk about it later. Mm-hmm. We should talk about it now, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Ant-Man had the dunk of the century uh, <laughs> last like, like week. I gotta say, look, people's expectations for rookies in the NBA are way too high because mm-hmm. many of these guys are 19 years old. Uh, none of, and especially this year when none of these guys got the usual like two months to be with their team's coaches. That being said, before you say finish your thought, uh-huh. I just want to say all yes, I agree. But all that being said, James Wiseman should know how to catch a basketball at that this is, point that is in true. his career. <laughs> When he's like running down the lane at full speed for a magnificent dunk and the ball hits him in the hands, that's one you got to catch, buddy. Uh, Especially when he's calling for it. I don't understand how you don't catch a ball you're calling for, but he does it twice a game. Twice a game, every game. And the hand is up, and you're like, okay, that hand works, at least. Can the two hands work in conjunction with each other? No, so again, catch no, basketball. <laughs> not not even do anything immediately, but just not bobble it. You know who can catch a basketball? Ant-Man, baby! All right, yeah. sorry, keep saying what you're going to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think this year's... People generally have expectations that are too high for rookies, and mm-hmm. that's why you always get to these situations where uh, some 21-year-old wins most improved player when you're just like, yeah, he got drafted third in the draft Mm -hmm. like he should be good now uh but this year's rookies have been fun as hell even even uh the bobble man champs wiseman Mm -hmm. uh lamello's big jim big jim himself big jim himself (laughs) and uh, okay i want to announce that too while i know this is an ant-man segment but look the other day enemy of the podcast bob fitzgerald called james wiseman big jim and it's the only time I've ever been happy with him in my entire 20 years dealing with him. I mean, basically, uh, we need to keep this going. Referring to James Wiseman as Big Jim, a 19 year old mm-hmm. child, is the uh-huh. funniest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, the name that you would give like a corrupt police chief in the 1940s. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's tight. It, so it yeah, rules. if you're listening to this, please from now on refer to James Wiseman as Big Jim. Big Jim. <laughs> uh, the other guys who were kind of tight, Emmanuel quickly, yeah, has tight. been tight. 
Tyrese Halliburton has Great. been tight. Uh, well, I mean, LaMelo has been awesome, so, I mean, obviously. That's when we... We really wanted LaMelo. We knew that was going to happen. If you, if you had been making the Warriors pick, that's who you would have taken, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, same here. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I actually wanted Ant-Man over the three. Oh, but, yes. Yes, but he um, got picked. He got picked, he got picked first, yeah. And even Maxi is pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's a cool year for rookies. and But Ant-Man is in a classroom stuff because LaMelo has done the cooler things on the court. There's a lot of guys who look like they have a bright future. But Anthony Edwards' personality He's has like been so He's like number tremendous. one in the NBA for me now. He's like maybe like, my favorite player in the NBA. Yeah, like I want to get it. I want to watch Edwards every jersey. interview ever. The only thing that holds me back on ordering a jersey is me thinking that the Wolves are going to get rid of this guy in his third year. Like, it's going to be a bad decision. <laughs> but, but, like, like I just don't think he's going to necessarily stay. But he's just had so many great moments. Um, that thing last night when he just he told some Irish, Irish reporter yeah. how much he loved his accent. And I'm like, I wasn't even listening to the question. Yeah. Uh, when he said he could wash anyone at ping pong, I believe. Yeah, that yeah. rule, like... <laughs> Like all the all the knocks on him before the draft were like, oh, I don't know if he can. Uh, he's got the right mentality to work well, hard and be in the NBA. In he's print, got the best mentality. Well, yeah, no, but and in print, now that I've seen him talk, uh, uh, those quotes where he's like, "I'd quit tomorrow to join the NFL," I was like, when you read those, those are troubling. But then you yeah. see him talk, and you're like, oh, he's just hilarious. Yeah, he's like, he's the best. That's why he said he quit to do it in the NFL, because who cares? Who cares? Like, like what you say doesn't matter, really. I mean, if you're, like, a big racist, yes, but but saying goofball shit in boring interviews, it that rules. Um, uh, while we're anyway, defending yeah, Ant-Man, yeah. though, it's time to yes. defend a friend of the podcast. We love him. Uh, big fans. Uh, we follow, follow him pretty closely. Uh, the man, he's he's 6'6". Mm -hmm. He's uh, a dominant figure in the media game, but he needs to be on a minutes restriction. Nate Duncan the got in real trouble. Well, for so Ant-Man had the dunk of the year on Yuta Watanabe. Yes. So, so and, and in the midst of 100,000 people on Twitter saying, like, cool dunk. Yeah. Nate Duncan says, dunk of the year, but he's been very inefficient shooting 0 for 7 from 3. Which, it's a Nate Duncan-ass tweet, right, Sean? It, oh, absolutely, like 100%. But. On, and on message, yes. Then everybody proceeded to get mad at Nate, and Nate took on all comers. <laughs> yes, and absolutely, like, it was. It was like a, a martial arts movie where people were coming one at a time to test yeah. him. Uh, yeah, because, okay, people were somehow so offended. Now, this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step aside for the Nate Duncan thing for just a second, Joey. Mm -hmm. It is like the people who were mad that, uh, I, I think the movie Get Out did not have a 100% mm -hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Which is the weirdest <laughs> hill to die on that you're so offended that a movie critic did that all of the movie critics mm -hmm. didn't absolutely agree with you. Yeah. It is a very weird uh -huh. 
Twitter thing that happens that somehow, again, despite thousands of people celebrating this dunk, Nate Duncan saying dunk of the year and then adding a qualification was somehow the worst fun ruiner well, and then in history. They also turned – and look, what I want to say is when I read the tweet, I was like, oh, come on, Nate. But then I was like – Wait, he's allowed to say that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like his brand. Like, that, yeah. that is what Dunked On is, is watching things and, like, like it's nitpicking, but it is incredibly consistent. Yeah. Like, like if you're offended by Nate Duncan writing that, you just have no familiarity with but the man. But then people were like, how you gotta ruin that young player's night, the moment of his career by mentioning this? And I'm like, he doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, Anthony Edwards is mad yeah. about that the nerdiest basketball podcast. Like, like I'll say one thing about Dunked On. Like, it it is absolutely pure. It is mm-hmm. like it has been the same thing. We forever. love it. We've been accused we of it. hating it, it. No, but no. we we love Nate and Danny so much. Right from we the find everything about them funny, and that's and a, how Slammed Up came. And oh. as a as a tribute to Nate yeah. Duncan, I usually listen to it at like two two x speed <laughs> because that's how Nate listens to podcasts, and that's why my uh, and look occasionally I will talk too fast when doing a Nate Duncan voice, and that's because in my head. He he is not as ponderous as he is to a one X listener. But um, the thing I gotta say that really upset me today is today, Bleacher Report I think posted a video that was like, "Basketball's not for nerds. Get out of here, nerds, with your stats." And it's uh, like, yeah, okay, man. <laughs> but it's just like. How is how is Nate Duncan ruining anything for anyone? He's amazing. He's like there is a cultural problem with what Nate Duncan does, but it's not Nate Duncan's. Nate Duncan's not at the center of it. The, no, because the he's like pointing out office. someone's pointing out a player's efficiency isn't the problem with what we're doing. It's taking the problem with uh, what a lot of media does now, and Nate Duncan included, is. Uh, Taking the GM's role and caring right. about money and putting like a dollar figure on a player, but yeah, not is, being like, again, "Oh, I wish that guy didn't shoot long twos." Totally yeah. fair thing to say. Again, again, like, and even Anthony Edwards himself after the game was like, "That was a cool dunk, but I had a pretty shitty game." Yeah. I don't think Nate Duncan ruined that young man's life. And also, uh. There's a lot about basketball you can look at. You can look at you can look at goofs. You can look at mm-hmm. you can look at some silly things. You can see a guy doing funny dribbles. You can see a guy pretending to be LeBron James. It is a it is a rainbow. The NBA contains multitudes. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like the nerdy stuff, it's very easy to just not read it. Yeah, you know and I also I mean? had a problem like, with that video where it was like basketball's not for nerds. You gotta watch a different sport. And it's like, come on. 
get fucked, dude. You're also a nerd. You're yeah. a writer who writes about basketball. But you're making Inherently, a video for the internet. I'm you're a fucking nerd. nerd. I'm a podcast. We're all fucking nerds. Like, like anyone making money off basketball that is not a basketball player is a is fucking a nerd. nerd. It's a nerd. You're a, you could be a nerd about shoes. Maybe you're a nerd about, like pretending Damian Lillard's music is good, for example, <laughs> if your name is Nate Jones. Uh, maybe you're a nerd in terms of, like, you follow front office minutiae. Now, granted, aspiring to be any kind of sports GM is incredibly sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially Now, what's sadder than that, of course, is... Is being a Car- racist GM. Hello, uh, Dennis I- Lindsay! Dennis Lindsay. <laughs> uh, but worse than that is being uh, like, a, like a fantasy marketer uh-huh. And being like, I have some opinions on these NBA ratings. You're like, no, you, you, you don't need to run a PR campaign mm-hmm. for the NBA. That's not your. That is absolutely not your job. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like trades are fun. It's fun to make up trades and see guys move. And like, that's that's sort of like a fun thought experiment. Mm-hmm. Figuring out how you can like reach a demographic is like just just go to business school. Like, mm-hmm. do something else. Work for DuPont. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, any, anyway, I like that Nate Duncan the entire time stuck to his guns and and did not apologize and just said, like, he did shoot badly. Or, like, I like dunks. Mm-hmm. You're you're wrong. And people were like, you're ruining everything. He's like, I don't think I am. Really. Yeah, because he <laughs> like, was correct. <laughs> yeah, and he, and he just – and people were like, you're digging yourself a whole farther. I'm like, no, you're not, dude. You're, you're staying true. Like mm-hmm. – one thing you can say about Nate Duncan, dude does not compromise. He is true to himself. Yeah. And uh, I think that's why we love him. Yeah. Um, we are not mad at Nate Duncan at all, except for no. when it comes to putting dollar amounts on people, because that, yeah, that is trouble. Calling someone a human trade exception is <laughs> yeah. pretty fucked up. But that's not what people are mad at. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow, it's big Wolves, Wolves news day. Sean, moment of silence, please. Yan Sanders has been fired, which, you know what that means. It's the death of the family business in America. It's finally come. It was the last one left in the entire country. We still do have the Los Angeles Lakers, thankfully, with uh, our our girl Jeannie. Except she kicked all her brothers out. She did, but she's the good one. She's the good one. We're team Jeannie here, I think. And again, I want to extend this. Jeannie. I no longer have a live show. You have a Zoom show. But I do have, I have a Zoom show every Friday night. Jeannie, reach out. Uh, You can, I think, probably reach me at Sean Keen on Twitter or uh, roundrockpod at Mm -hmm. gmail.com. It's from Friday from 7 to 8. You can do as much or as little time as you want. You can even just banter with me, the host, if you want. Jeannie, open invitation any Friday you want. Mm -hmm. Work, Work on new material. Work on... Big material, you can even do like a multimedia presentation. And you know what? Extend that invite to Jay Moore, baby. Just do it. He's also welcome. And you can you can go as a duo or go separately. It's fine. <laughs> um they hired a man who was a Chris Finch, mm-hmm. who uh sounds like he's a, a soccer coach, I gotta add. One hundred percent. Um, but also more importantly. Uh, was already the <laughs> the assistant coach of a team that was playing that night. 
Yes, yes. Uh, he was a Toronto Raptor. That is the weirdest shit in the world. <laughs> okay, it is always weird to me when a team wins a championship. It only has to be one championship or even doesn't win a championship in the case of Sean McVay from the NFL. And for some reason, people are like, we need to hire this person's underlings as if working like like how Joey, you've had some jobs. I've had some jobs. Mm -hmm. How often have you felt like your boss was your mentor? Oh, zero percent. Rarely. Yeah, very rarely. I would say I've had one or two bosses where I'm like, I learned a lot from that person. Mm-hmm. Now, one of them was in a coaching capacity, and I did actually get hired probably on the strength of maybe my old team's performance. Okay. But uh, the history of this happening in coaching is mostly unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. And people love talking about coaching trees. But in this example, um, I think Chris Finch got hired by the Raptors after they won the championship. If I'm not <laughs> – if I'm not – and like maybe they just liked him, you know. He's been a long time assistant, but you you've got you've got two former Raptors assistants mm-hmm. who have gotten head coaching jobs in the past uh, six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got hired in at the at the fall of 2020. He got hired as a mm-hmm. Raptors coach, so he's been a Raptors coach for uh, three months, and before that, he was the assistant head he was the associate head coach for the pelicans for three years Mm -hmm. and the associate head coach for the nuggets for a year these weren't wildly successful teams right uh like the pelicans were bad enough that their franchise player asked out Mm -hmm. yeah um Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i i wonder the thing that that Chris Finch and Nate Bjorkgren both do have in common is uh, they are white, mm-hmm. Joey. Yeah. And that seems to be yep. a mm-hmm. kind of a priority, especially in maybe Minneapolis. I mean, sure. I Look, here's the thing. I don't know anything uh-huh. about this Chris Finch guy. But no. I do know a lot about the child man, Jan Sanders. And yes, uh, I kind of think any upgrade, anyone would be an upgrade from what I think. I think that is correct. What, he was uh, hired the, because of his, his <laughs> like, it's one thing to get hired because of your father. It's another one to get hired for nostalgia for your dead your father. Ghost, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> and look, look, that happens sometimes. Nick Cassavetes directed the notebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great emotional film. Also, I've been saying Yan Sanders. I mean Saunders. Yeah. Sorry. Saunders. Sorry. Yeah. Flip Saunders. Anyway, uh, Ryan, rest in peace in your tech dude suits wherever you end up. Um, oh, I do. I do want to say something positive about the Dallas Mavericks. However, what? I know it's well, not really the Mavericks, but uh, Rick Carlisle is the head of the coaches association and they did release a statement about uh, how they didn't like the hiring process because uh, it wasn't a diverse and transparent search. They which didn't is true because they at all. They hired... no, they gave a guy they gave a guy a multi year contract who worked for another team. Yeah, and then uh, axed. Uh... Anyway, I mean, look, credit to Rick Carlisle for putting his name on a statement uh, mm-hmm. calling out the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's all I'm saying. 
Sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, that is good. That's not crediting That's Dallas not really the Dallas Dallas That's not really the Mavericks. Uh, speaking Carlisle. of bigotry in the NBA. And Car- Carlisle, a guy who has a pretty racist haircut. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad he showed his commitment to diversity. Speaking of bigotry in the NBA, Sean. Yes. Uh, do you want to talk about Elijah Millsap? Yeah, uh, this is, uh, he's Paul Millsap's brother, mm-hmm. and he tweeted uh, on, I'm not going to figure out what day, Wednesday. He tweeted almost six years ago, on April 16th, 2015, uh, D. Lindsay, that's Dennis Lindsay, GM of the Utah GM Jazz, made Jazz. bigot remarks in my exit interview while conversing with Q Snyder. That's mm-hmm. Quinn Snyder. Oh, oh I and thought it was Q from QAnon. Q and I did, well, that yeah. would have been a real bombshell. <laughs> Quoted, if you say one more word, I'll cut your black ass and send you back to Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm going to now... say right off the bat, I believe Elijah Millsap 100%. Why would he make that up? Like, there's <laughs> no upside to that. Um, and apparently the Utah Jazz are just like, we're going to investigate that. How dare anyone involved with the They're Utah like, Jazz? We have extensive notes from yeah, we're each har- exit we're, interview. We're, and I'm like, well, you probably didn't write it down if he said, I'm going to send your black ass to Louisiana. Like, it's not like Elijah Millsap was taking the notes. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, oh, the internal documents of the Utah Jazz yeah. have revealed that the Utah Jazz weren't racist. Was there an uh, Meanwhile, is people there... in Utah were like, consistently say the n-word mm-hmm. uh to opposing players yeah they did it to russell westbrook in 2015 probably <laughs> right, right oh, oh <laughs> later than that probably <laughs> um but yeah that every nba player is like well you know some fans are tough but uh the only team that just shouts racial slurs that's the utah jazz uh once again it's a Mormon city. They didn't even allow black people in the church until uh, after Vince Carter was born. And I want to make it clear when Sean says that we he does not say all Utah Jazz fans are racist. He just says no. he just I'm means... saying I'm saying that for a long time yeah. it was completely acceptable to be very vocally racist at Utah Jazz games. I just now, know we granted, have jazz fan listeners who yeah, definitely yeah. And, are and, not and, racist. And, and, yeah, a lot of people yeah. like like for the most part that is not um and again, it's not like the Utah Jazz are in a union like cops mm-hmm. where you're like one bad apple spoils a bunch. Like, no, most people in Utah, like, again, I like the city of Salt Lake City. Uh, yeah, it's great. But there is just it, it happens. It has that, some problems uh, well, with race. It's not, yeah. a, it's not a very diverse city. And yeah. when that happens, a lot of white people don't call out other white people when they say things. Um for me, this one is just, it's such an insane thing to bank up. But you know also, I mean? this is 100%. You read that quote and you're like, oh, yeah, I've for sure seen people say that on, like, uh, fucking, uh, what's the NFL HBO show? Oh, Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, this is so obviously, like, a thing a sportsman says to somebody. You know yeah, what I and mean? And, like, oh, it's like a tough guy comment. Yeah. And, like, and and it is the kind of thing that um, white people who work with a lot of black people would say. Think they You know what I mean? Say, like, yeah. they're like, oh, I have a pass to say this. And, but also, it's not like Paul Millsap has a bad relationship with the Utah Jazz. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, there's no grudge here. So... You mean Elijah Millsap? I don't really expect anything to happen from this, but... uh, I think Dennis Lindsay is going to get fired. 
AKA uh, playoff E. Yeah. No, yeah. street ball, street, street ball, ball E. e. Yeah. Street ball, street yeah. ball E. Yeah. Um, I do think Dennis Lindsay's going to get fired, which is ironic because the jazz are playing wonderful basketball yeah. right now. Uh, uh yeah, I, I, I haven't said this on the show yet, but I respect the jazz this year. I think they're oh, really do, good. Well, and um, also they, they have like, look, we have been haters about Rudy Gobert, someone that I find unlikable, but like, Donovan uh, Mitchell, we also find kind of unlikable. Except, yeah, I just, I just still we called him the NBA's young Sheldon. Oh, we didn't call times. him the NBA's young Sheldon. But the rest <laughs> of the team is so many like favorites yeah, of ours. Boyan, like, you know, one Mark of my favorite guys. Uh, Jingles, you saw him blind a man. Um, my see Joe Ingles blind a man. It's uh, like a it's like colleague. a Johnny Cash song when you yeah, put it that and way. we have. We have a lot of affection for uh, human hologram Derek Favors too. Yeah. Like, like this is a team that probably if I didn't dislike Gobert as much, I would be really into. And at the same time, I still like legitimately think are good. But yeah. uh, fucking fire your but GM. But also fire your GM. Why not? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> like, oh, oh, this white guy was really expensive. No, he wasn't. Yeah. Like, like, like your players worked hard. Yeah. Your coach is good. You know what I mean? Like, like but I, also, I, also, I think it might. Quinn like, Snyder, say something. You can't. You're. you're yeah, yeah, you yeah. Can't. Quinn, you were at that meeting. It like, is like, your job up. to tell. Speak up. To speak up. Yeah. Yeah. And if you if you said it, you say it. If you say it, like maybe he doesn't remember. I don't know. I think he probably remembers. But also, but... he's got to defend. I mean, as a coach. Yeah. Uh, Elijah Millsap would probably play harder for Quinn Snyder if he was like, "Hey, don't don't say that." Don't say racist shit about my players. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um. So, uh, anyway, yeah. uh, I guess we got to talk about all stars, right? Yeah, let's do that. We have quick. an all star drop, I think, don't we? Do all right. Uh, here's the all star drop. Some body once told me it's all star weekend. Get your game on. Shape of an L. Forehead. Get your game on. All-Star Weekend. All right, Sean. Let's just rattle off real quick who's playing in this game. All right. Uh, let's go to the West. We got our starters, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic. I'm going to say none of those picks are controversial. Um, No. I, I mean, I don't know if Luca should be starting based on how bad the Mavs kind of are this year, but whatever. I don't oh, care. I'll, I'll get to that yeah. idea a little later. But uh, your reserves at the guard spots, you've got Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, and as an injury replacement, Devin Booker. Uh, I, I should also say that about Donovan. Steph Curry as well, too, because oh, this yeah, team yeah, is yeah. also bad. They're, they're, not <laughs> great. Sure. they're not great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, oh, and the other guard is Donovan Mitchell. Yep. Uh, your wings, you just kind of have playoff P, Paul George. Mm -hmm. And then three bigs, Zion Williamson, Anthony Davis, missing the game for an injury, replaced by Devin Booker, and Rudy can't fail Gobert. Mm -hmm. Now, right after this selection happened, uh, LeBron tweeted that Devin Booker was the most disrespected player mm -hmm. in the league. And uh, I have a couple points about that. One, you should have to say... Who shouldn't make it if you're going to talk about Anthony it? Davis? Make it. Like, like, but also <laughs> everyone knew that Devin Booker yeah, was going to exactly. be the injury. Like, like 
it, this is not a controversial year where there were like a mm-hmm. bunch of guys. And I think that also made it, you know, like the structure of the game is that you pick a certain amount of guys in each, like you pick the reserves are like, uh, guards, bigs, wild cards. Mm-hmm. And I think it was very easy. Like, like it was very easy. You pick Anthony Davis and you know, he's not going to play. And then you pick Devin Booker yeah. and that allows you to have a 13 person palette. So I'm just wondering if, is this just LeBron pretending he's a puppet master? Cause my advice to LeBron would be win a game without Anthony Davis. And then, <laughs> and then why don't you do that? Sean, what's going on in your... Uh, does a robot need reprogramming? It's my fault. I don't know why. All right, here we go. All right, stopped it. It's Johnny Five over there. Uh, uh, anyway. Uh, okay, so anyway, also, uh, two other points. Devin Booker made the All-Star team last year, mm-hmm. so I don't know how disrespected he is. And also, uh, I... Like, the one thing that will make me respect you the least is complaining about how you're disrespected. Mm-hmm. And that's, like... It's a thing that made us not like Dame for a while, was complaining yeah, exactly. about the All-Star game. Uh-huh. Like, he wrote a, an open letter to, to Adam Silver, still the lamest thing he's ever done in his career. Yeah. Uh, like, everyone knows how the All-Star vote works. Yeah. But you're going to ask the principal... <laughs> to add to put you on the academic decathlon team, you know what I mean? Like, come on, just just Sheldonism. Um, but also like, um, okay. So the other thing I heard this year was people complaining. Okay, so like you said about Lucas' team is not that great. Steph's team is not that great. But this is an unusual year, yeah, in the NBA where no one is good. <laughs> no one's that good. Like the Jazz have been great. The Lakers are very good when they have LeBron and AD. But other than that, um, the Sixers, the Sixers are good, right? The Sixers are good. But yeah. like you look at the standings. So in general, there are three teams in the Eastern Conference who have winning records, mm-hmm. Joey. Yeah. Three. <laughs> and uh, separating fourth and 10th place in the East is one game. So I heard people talking about how the fourth place Indiana Pacers were being disrespected or like that the the sub 500 Boston Celtics had two all-stars and it's just like in general this game is about stars mm-hmm. and you know you're just one man uh but also like that's that's especially when people are like oh you got to look at their playoff performance last year i think it's fine to look at your career performance and if mm-hmm. there's like a tiebreaker. I mean, that's kind of how Russell Westbrook has made the all-star team a couple of times. And that's fine because people are excited to see him in an all-star game, but you can't pretend like the Indiana Pacers being fourth in the Eastern conference is significantly different than the 10th place New York Knicks because they're a single game apart in this weird ass season where, you know, teams are like missing two weeks at a time. Uh, anyway. Anyway, uh, oh, tells the East. Oh, the only thing I wanted to mention is that I'm proud of Mike Conley for allowing the Utah Jazz to still have small market energy, even though they had two All Stars. Look, and still be thing. like, oh, we got screwed. Here's the thing: I talk about this sometimes. 
uh, when I'm ta- when I talk about my favorite band, The Replacements, uh, when people ask me if I want them to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I'm kind of always like, no. I mean, the recognition would be nice, but like, it doesn't fit the band's narrative for them to make the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I kind of feel the same way about Mike Conley, where it's like, yeah, he's got to be the best All Star, the the best player ever not to make the All Star game. <laughs> Right? That's just oh, yeah. his brand now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like worse if he makes it once and yeah. then he's like, oh, he's a one-time all-star, just yeah. like James Donaldson and Chris Gatling and Jamal McGlore. You know what I mean? Like, uh, all right. So in the East, your starters, Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, your top Eastern vote getter, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid. Uh, bat your your reserves. This Jaylen bench Brown. is wild. I actually the love is, this bench. It's great, but it it is very strange. Uh, Jalen Brown, James Harden, uh, America's youngest superstar, Jason Tatum, Zach Levine of the Chicago Bulls, Ben Simmons. Now, I want to make clear that I am talking about the player for the Philadelphia 76ers and not uh the rapper Tic Tac, mm-hmm, uh, sure. who does the music for the Book of Basketball. Just making that clear. Uh, and then we have Julius Randle, and we have Nikola Vucevic mm-hmm. of your Orlando Magic America's team. Now, in the East... John, this are you, is a... like, winding a watch? Oh, sorry. I I, I, I was holding a watch. I'm sorry. I'll stop <laughs> doing it. I was no, trying to make sure this... I just was all... wondering what it was. I was no, like... no, 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 no. <laughs> I was trying to make sure that that watch... My, my dad left his watch in this room, and I was trying to make the watch not... Make sure the watch was not going to go off otherwise the podcast. Sorry about that. I wasn't... I, it, it was a lot of button pushing. Of anyway, button pushing. what is the... I'm glad uh, it's crazy I was able to hear it and be like, that's a watch. Yeah, um, anyway. it was a watch. It was a watch. <laughs> I mean, it was like a... Anyway, uh, okay, listeners. Uh, so there were a couple... I would say there were a couple of snubs here, whereas in the West, I can't really think of someone offhand who got snubbed. Um, sure. Sound, no, that sounds right to me. Uh, so your snubs in the East. I'm going to say your four most famous snubs. You got Trey Young. Whatever. A lot of numbers, but like, I it just... I don't like his his vibe is bad now. I mean, but you could argue is his vibe any worse than James Harden who like I mean, no. The what he did this season was pretty bad, you know. No, but but Harden like just has a lot more results. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like also you want to see James Harden in the right. All-Star. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. Even though he's drunk every year. Yeah, like, he's, he's, he's always, like, really half-ass again. He's really bad. James Harden is always real bad in the All-Star game. Just, it's, like, weirdly irrelevant. Like, he really doesn't care. Uh, and clearly, I mean, he doesn't even have, like, a phone with Wi-Fi. So, you know. Uh, Bam Adebayo of the Heat. Probably the most legitimate snub except his team's been kind of bad jimmy butler missed a lot of the year and uh domus sabonis who i kind of feel like they kept him out of the game because nate duncan talked so much shit about his all-star selection last year and they're like we can't this discourse is going to keep going for a month and a half if we let this guy in the team um now joey do you think aaron gordon is sad about zach levine's selection is he like, he beat me again? I don't think so. I think Aaron Gordon... 
I think he's pretty happy for his friend and rival, Zach Levine, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think they probably, like, don't they seem like they have a similar vibe? Yeah. No, no exactly. <laughs> um, uh, but what a weird team. Very weird. Randall Vucevic is just like, I love it, man. I, yeah, because the other ones are like, Zach Levine, I just like it. Yeah. But uh, also, he's the kind of guy you want in a... Oh, uh, yeah. In a... In an all-star game anyway. He's going to do That's some crazy dunks. Yeah, he's like, he's super fun. Whereas, like, there were a lot of years where Paul Millsap deserved to be in the all-star game, but you're like, well, who cares? You know? <laughs> it's, it's it's nice, too, that Nick Vucevic is a two-time all-star now, too. Which yeah, it feels is. right. Because he's I not... agree. Nick Vucevic is weirdly underrated. Like, if he was on... Oh, yeah. If he was on, like, a team that wasn't the Magic, people would be like, he's really good. I like that guy. <laughs> right, right. And it, it it feels like I know I know we have listeners that support the Orlando Magic, but just, like, fundamentally, maybe the most irrelevant team in the NBA? I would say that's correct. I mean, yeah. it's not fair. It's just I've just never seen anyone outside of, like, my high school in the nineties wearing Orlando magic merch. Yeah. And that was very like Penny and Shaq driven. Like, I don't even feel like, uh, Dwight Howard was popular in that way. No, but also Vucevic is kicking ass this year. He's averaging 24 and 12. He's shooting 40% from three. Uh, he doesn't miss at the free throw line. Uh, it's great. It's great. And, and like, he legitimately is keeping his just injury decimated team uh, in the hunt. You know what I mean? And yeah. again, and again, this is a year where uh, it's not like there's a lot of great teams setting themselves apart. Like the Orlando Magic are, uh, you know, two games behind the Heat. That's not that big a deal. <laughs> they 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 absolutely could make the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, and even even then, that shouldn't be a consideration. You should just be like, this guy is kicking ass. He should be an all star. Totally. It doesn't matter what happened six months ago or whatever. Or in the bubble. Like, yeah, who cares? Like, yeah, Bam and Jimmy are cool and great. But guess what? The Heat are not very good right now. Yeah. And, and Jimmy didn't play this year. And also, like, like, I understand that Bam is probably a better and more valuable player, but he's not draining threes and putting up 24 and 12 like like that is an all-star that's an all-star right there yeah same with julius randall like like you, you gotta just reward these guys who kick ass it's not a it's not a best team award <laughs> get these get these like kick-ass dudes in there and it's like i don't know it's not like it's not like vucevic is gonna play a ton of minutes in the all-star game but zach levine actually could win all-star mvp yeah. you know what i mean like that's <laughs> Like he he gets a little hot. He's gonna put up like six sick ass dunks. All right, Sean, we've got one more thing we have to do. As longtime listeners of the podcast and our Patreon at patreon.com slash roundrockpod know is uh we've got a couple of Disney and superhero experts uh on the show, and that is of course uh Milwaukee Bucks center Brooke Lopez and Washington Wizards center Robin Lopez. They're twin brothers in hoop and in nerddom. And I've got to say um 
earlier this year when WandaVision, the Disney plus Marvel show, started, we asked them to record uh, recap episodes every after every episode. And they have been sending them to me, but uh, unfortunately, they are so full of spoilers, when I edited them, they would sound like this. Um, my favorite part of this episode was when happened, and then Robin, did you like it when Oh, uh, I think you're wrong because the best scene was clearly when happened, and then my cat got really excited when and then surprisingly, almost out of nowhere, it was revealed that So yeah, every episode would have sounded like that, so I just haven't been airing them. But luckily, in advance of uh, the new episode coming today, they recorded a uh, an episode of what they think is gonna happen. So here is episode... Nine, I think, of um, <laughs> watching WandaVision with Brooke <laughs> and Robin Lopez. We are watching WandaVision. It's so cool. Hey, Robin. Hey, Brooke, what's going on? Oh, not a whole lot. I'm just, um... You know, a little, a uh, little trepidatious about what's gonna happen on the new episode. I There's... can't sleep. I I don't sleep at all. I sleep with one eye open, and the open eye is looking at uh R slash or slash R slash Wandavision slash spoilers. Mm-hmm. It's a subreddit of a subreddit that is just devoted to speculation and spoilers about. The Disney Plus powerhouse, Wanda slash Vision, a.k.a. WandaVision. Well, before we get into what I think, we need to talk about what we think is going to happen. Because all the, all the news outlets have reported that there's a big twist and a surprise character that's going to appear. And I think we need to go through and guess who that surprise character is. But what I want to do first... Uh-huh. Is because WandaVision is so clearly influenced by the great sitcoms of past. They had a Malcolm in the Middle episode. They had a they had a Modern Family episode. They had uh-huh. a Bewitched episode. I think you and I need to rank uh, ABC's TGIF episodes in order best one to five. Yeah, clearly once Marvel was bought by Disney, the main uh, idea behind that sale was to merge the universes of Marvel TV and TGIF. Definitely, because uh, one of the things that we have learned from the Avengers films is that family matters a lot, Mm -hmm. but also some of the people who meet are perfect strangers. Mm -hmm. And also... As we saw in Captain America colon Civil War, sometimes that many amazing heroes just living in one space leads to 
a full house. Mm -hmm. And also, the process of defeating Thanos was a step-by-step process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then also, when they take uh, the Avengers Quinjet, and especially when they are going into the Ant-Man Quantumverse and visiting other planets, Mm -hmm. they're going places. Yeah. (laughs) Alan Ruck was in that, I think. He sure was. Cameron from Ferris Bueller. You know what, honestly, Brooke, to me, he will always be the tourist from Speed. So I think we should say right off the bat, number five. Ready? We'll say it. We'll count down. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to count down, and then we'll each say our choice. We're going five to one. You got it, Robin? I got it. Okay, so number five. Ready? One. What are we what are we saying for number five? What you what your choice is is the fifth best. Wait, the fifth best TGIF show? Yeah. We're oh, okay. I thought we were talking I thought we were talking WandaVision episodes. No, no, I'm no. I'm sorry. We okay, did that fifth last best. time. Fifth best. All right, ready? Okay. One, two, three. Muppets Full tonight! House. Wait, that was a TGIF show? Oh my god, I forgot. I forgot about the brand. Muppets Tonight only aired for one season, but it was easily my favorite season of any Muppets thing. It was like the Muppets show, but rebranded for the cool 90s. You know, I kind of love to see all our favorite Mupp- like wacky Muppets taking a turn as a straight man occasionally, you know? Yeah. It was like the entire cast of crew... Aliens, shrimp, talking rats, whatever Gonzo is, just behaving like Jim from The Office all the time, Mm -hmm. while humans took the job of being silly. Yeah. All right, number four. Oh, wait, you gotta give your reason for Full House. Yeah, well, I've just always been a big fan of Comet the Dog, and, uh, you know, I think he'd get along really well with my cat. And also, as you know, for the brief period... That we've lived together. You're a bit of a Danny Tanner, and I am much more of a Joey you Gladstone. Are much more of a Joey. I'm a real Gladstone. Even in my own house, where I have many rooms and many places to live, I tend to restrict myself to the alcove. Mm-hmm. Just like Joey. You also have a, all of your clothes hanging in your trunk. That's true, and I also have a lot of puppets and some some impressions that you people do, do, do not like. They don't like my impressions. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually decided to keep Full House off of my list because even though I love it, I do not appreciate the twin erasure of the oh, show. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because by pretending that twins are one person or could be one person it's offensive to me and the entire twin community yeah that's actually a good point i was very into that jesse katsopoulos had twins and that they would show them occasionally i think i was just blinded by my childhood memories and i didn't realize that there was irreparable damage to mary kate and ashley olsen by trying to make them the same person Mm -hmm. because clearly Mary Kate likes to mix it up in the paint and do the dirty work, mm-hmm. while Ashley just likes to get buckets. 
it's true. Ashley is definitely the Brooke in that situation. Yeah. And Mary Kate is the Robin in that situation. I think that Heath Ledger really responded to her ability to block out and let other people take the spotlight. Mm -hmm. All right. Number four. Are you ready? Yeah. One. One. Two. two, Three. three. Sister. Sister. Which one did you say? I said just the ten of us. Well, that's a good one. I like just the ten of us. But I said sister, sister. I didn't even know. Wait, yeah, I guess sister, sister. That's a good twin show. It's the best twin show. Best twin show of all time. And so I, I think, think that's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty into the Patty Duke show. You do like old, old weird stuff. Yeah, that's why you like WandaVision. Yeah, I do like old weird. It's weird and it's old. Mm-hmm. You know who? Who else was weird and old? Who? Jim Boyland. Yeah, he actually wasn't really that old by the standard. Uh, he had an old soul. He had an old soul. He also had old balls. Mm-hmm. He used to shower with the team. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Didn't make any sense. Um, but I like just the ten of us because. Sometimes it feels like we have ten people in the Lopez family. Just be we we uh, we uh take up as much physical space as ten children, mm-hmm. even true. though there's only three of us. Um, I like sister sister. Who's the Tia and who's the Tamara? Um, I kind of always saw myself as the Tamara. I don't know if I'm speaking out of school with that. You're also sort of a Jack Hay. Well, I gotta say, I'm not really a public-facing Jack Hay, mm-hmm. but when I get a little, uh, well, what do you, what did you call it when I would drink too much Mountain Dew and start acting out? I think you called it Extreme Robin. Oh, yeah. I, oh. I was gonna say, it was us. Maybe it would've... Sicko Mode? But that was just last year. That was That's the new name. That's the new name. And yeah. sometimes I thought I was really a Jack A because I would drink 227 ounces of Mountain Dew mm-hmm. as a tribute to her great NBC sitcom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number four, three. Ready? Okay. We got to say at the same time. Ready? Yeah. One, right. two, three. three. Dinosaurs! Yeah! yeah! I love it. I it's love it. It's so good. Jim Henson's a genius. That's it's... why he's got two on my list. I love it. Keep it up. I gotta say, that last episode with the heat death of the universe, mm-hmm. it gave me chills. Yeah. Do you remember when we used to fist fight when one of us would say, I'm the baby, gotta love me. Mm-hmm. And then the other one would say, no, I'm the baby, gotta love me. And then and we'd then start it, screaming, not the mama, not, not the, the mama, mama not while the we mama. pounded each other in the face oh. as hard as we could. I tried to only headbutt you because I thought that would be more accurate to the Jurassic period. Mm-hmm. Also, I love that his boss hated him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was like a Flintstone that was a dinosaur. Two things that I never thought could come together, much like post-defense and scoring. <laughs> All right, number two, are you ready? Hold on, let me just get myself together. All right, number two, I'm ready. One, two, 
three. Boy Meets World. Oh, I was going to say Perfect Strangers, but I had a hiccup. Oh, okay. I believe you. Except I would say Perfect Strangers is... You'd think because there's two of us, right? That one of us would be a Balky and one of us would be a Larry. But no, we're both Balky. Two Balkies. Remember that time I got a sports hernia because you jumped in my arms doing the Mm -hmm. dance of joy? Mm -hmm. The problem was I was trying to leap into your arms and then I caught you and my knees buckled and I was on the injured list briefly. Mm -hmm. Perfect Strangers is great and a lot of people don't realize that it was actually uh, the mother show for the number one show on my list. Mm -hmm. Which but also is also other... going to be the number one show on my list because I spoiler, know you so well. Spoiler, uh, yeah. But let's talk about Boy Meets World really quickly. Oh, hold on. Yeah, yeah, well, I was also just going to say that I think that you've had a better appreciation of Perfect Strangers because you were in Milwaukee longer mm-hmm. and you you spend more time with the Balky Bartogamus of the NBA. It's true. Giannis well, is very Balky. It's, it's, he's very joyful and childlike. His name is very hard to spell and or pronounce. And he's from the country of Meepos. He is from Meepos. It's, I mean, I guess officially Meepos is a colony or an unofficial territory of Greece. I, but think, it's like, I think it's like Crete. I think it's like Cyprus with an edge. Because he's got a mean streak. Remember that time that he beat the crap out of Mike Dunleavy Jr. in the He deserved it. Like it was no big deal. I wasn't here then, but I heard. Remember when we just had that as a loop and we would play uh, the final countdown underneath that fight? Mm -hmm. That ruled. Do you want to know why Giannis did it? Why? Giannis told me that Mike Dunleavy told him... That he was happy when Optimus Prime died in the Transformers movie. And that's why Giannis punched him. I can't believe he said that. Who is Mike Dunleavy Jr. playing for right now? I'm going to pound him like he's a mascot. Yeah. It's a bad guy. Where is he? I'm going to freaking... I'm going to give him a freaking swirly brook. He's in the front office of the Golden State Warriors. All right, I'm going to start in the back office and start giving purple nurples until they give him up. And then when he gets to me, swirly, noogie, uh, Native American burn. Can I say that? No, just swirly, swirly again. I'm not going to get hashtag canceled, Brooke. Okay, speaking of hashtag canceled, you know what got canceled in 1997? What show? Boy Meets World. Oh, you're right, and they brought it back. Here's what I liked about it. Can I tell you what I didn't like and why I didn't choose it first? Yeah, go ahead. I didn't choose it because uh, it. I'm a superior brother just like Fred Savage. What? And Ben oh. Savage is the star of Boy Meets World. And Boy Meets World and Ben Savage are much worse than uh, Fred Savage's show. Um, oh my gosh, I'm going to save a purple nurple for you, Brooke. And I also think that your 
not remembering Ben Savage's incredible turn as young Mandy Patinkin in flashback episodes of Criminal Minds on the one that he was so cruelly slayed by a serial killer and Joe Montagna had to avenge him. I, also, right. he had, I don't remember he had, that. Also, he had much curlier hair, which is the sign of superior breeding. But Fred Brooke, Savage you... was in Little Monsters. Oh, man. All right. I can't fight that. Also, Ben Savage. Well, I got to say, Brooke, there's one thing that comes to mind first when I think of Fred Savage. Let's say it together on free. Okay. three. It's one quote. One of the top three movie quotes of all time. Remember when his girlfriend was getting harassed by that guy who had super advanced Nintendo equipment in the movie The Wizard? <laughs> we'll say it together on three, Brooke. One, two, three. You keep your power gloves off of her! Oh, I think... I'm sorry, I was choking. I think when we saw that movie the first time, you were actually in a yoo-hoo coma. Well, the other thing about Fred Savage that makes him the superior savage uh-huh. is the Princess Bride. All right, fair enough. Also, I can't think of this how many And what times makes that... me the superior Lopez is I've made an all-star team. What? But have you made an... Oh, you also made an all-defensive team, huh? I did. Have you ever led the league? Wait, but have you ever led the league in freaking offensive freaking efficiency? No. Yeah, that's right. I'm the Ben Savage of the relationship. The yeah, you are the favorite. Ben Savage loser. The cult favorite. Well, I, at least I didn't have to end my career and turn into direction. Hey, I was on the grinder. Well, that was pretty good, actually. Really good. That show was, was really good. They sh- never should have canceled that show. I kind of think that Rob Lowe's problematic, both as a celebrity and a co-worker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that I, was a good show. Yeah, it was pretty good. Anyway, I think that pilot script was on the blacklist. Anyway, time to men- time to say. Oh, yeah. The number one number TGIS one show. show of all time. We're Are you both ready? on the same page, brother, on this one. We definitely uh, are. One, One, two, two three, three, family, family matters. matters. Duh. Come oh. on, what's better Urkel, than... Urkel, one of the great characters of all time. I gotta say that if both you and I were on... on we weren't... Neither one of us is an Urkel. We no. wish. We're an Eddie. We're You're Eddie's. an Eddie. I'm actually more of a Waldo. You're kind of a I'm more of a ladies' man, and I'm a little goofy, but still a surprisingly valuable member of the cast. I mean, but yeah, I could see us being twin Eddies, right? Wouldn't that have been a better show if they just never messed around with Judy mm-hmm. before disappearing her into a mysterious void, much like happened to Andre Blatch? Do you want to talk about your favorite episodes of Family Matters of all time for a little bit? Please, let's do it. Okay. I'm just going to, you're you're so passionate about this subject, I'm just going to let you run it down. Okay. First of all, the best, okay, first, here's what I like about Family Matters. Look, we should say first off, though. Uh Uh-huh. We do a lot of bits, and we tell a lot of crazy stories. Uh, but it's important to mention that everything you say now is 100% real and actually happened. 
Yeah, we're not making these things up. We're going to talk about a lot of really important things and and life lessons from home improvement. All right. Right. Uh, Run us down what happened on Family Matters. Number one, sexism. Laura Winslow wants to buy a car, but the high-pressure salesman gives her a lot of trouble with his extremely sexist attitude. So, at the suggestion of the best character on the show, Steve Steve Urkel, she puts on a mustache and a hat, and she pretends to be a man to buy the car. So good. It's really good, and also... It was ahead of its time in its perceptions of gender in our society. Mm-hmm. All right. This is the scariest episode of Family Matters I've ever heard of, Brooke. Okay. We all know that Steve Urkel has a transformation chamber. Mm-hmm. He and Carl Winslow are shrunk to two inches tall, and they have to dodge rolling fruit and large house cats. Mm-hmm. Well, I just, Brooke... Can you imagine a time when you weren't enormously big and bigger than everything around you? No. It was a nightmare. It would be so scary. I hated it. All right, another one. Here we go. This is one where Steve Urkel became a human lightning rod and he developed an intense fear of thunderstorms, one that the two of us both share. Mm -hmm. So because he was making the using his transformation chamber so much, he had built up an unlimited quality quantity of iron. <laughs> so he told to leave he told Carl to leave the jar containing iron inside the house. Carl left it outside the house. And you know what happened, Brooke? He, he was freaking electrocuted. And then he chased Urkel around because he was so mad. All right. I know you could talk about this for a really long time, but I want you to pick two more. Okay. I'm going to pick two more. Okay. One of them. This was the end of a two-part episode. Urkel found out that he was going to be killed in Paris when his teleportation device, the Urk pad, mm-hmm. was finished. So Carl had to rescue him. So the evil Philippe chased Carl and Urkel through Paris where they split up. They went to the Eiffel Tower and Steve was thrown off the friggin' Eiffel Tower by Philippe! What? So down on the ground, Carl activated the Urk pad under Steve while he was falling and then he teleported him to Chicago and luckily the Urk pad did not keep the terminal philosophy and near fatal momentum of Steve and instead he landed gently in Chicago. That sounds like sliders. It was very sliders. Um, I'm going to tell one more. Uh, I think that's really important. And actually, I think about it every time I fly on the team plane. Carl and Urkel were riding on a plane for some reason together, and it was hijacked by Tony the Ferret. He was a crook that Carl put away years for years before, but never mentioned on the show. Then Tony the Ferret skydived out of the cabin, and it meant that Carl and Urkel needed to learn how to fly a freaking plane. Mm-hmm. But also one thing that I think was really important that happened was that Carl put Eddie on a budget because he needed to pay off a $75 electric bill. And I think that's something that a lot of NBA players need to get a lesson in. Mm-hmm. Well, I we did take lessons on how to fly planes in case that happened. Don't forget. 
That's true, because we were going to cosplay as Star Fox and Star Fox's twin at that convention. Mm-hmm. It's true. We thought that somebody might push us to the limit, see if we could actually fly a plane. And we only chose Star Fox because Falco is too cool, and we couldn't decide who got to be Falco. Yeah, it was a lot of a lot of thumping. Mm-hmm. Falco, one of the great names in video gaming history, he's a falcon named Falco Lombardi. Yeah, that's a really good name. Um, okay. I kept, yeah, I, I kept, do you remember that time when I would only call Mike D'Antoni mm-hmm. Falco Lombardi? I do. For the first couple years of my freaking career. <laughs> he hated it. He hated it. That's why I didn't finish my career there. I love them. Okay. We have to talk about what we think is going to happen on WandaVision. It's going to be a freaking reveal, Brooke. Okay. Here's my prediction for what I think is going to happen. I think that it's going to reveal that we've all been living in Wanda Wanda in Wanda's hex like the real world. And that actually oh, yeah. my brother didn't leave Milwaukee and he's been living there the entire time with me and it's all a bad dream. Wait a second, I kind of feel like I've been there. Maybe there was a hex on me. In I fact, did hire a, I did hire a woman. That was weird because I actually was thinking I was still there. Why would I ever leave? I love cheese curds. I don't you know? know. I love watching the freaking Packers. Why video. did you leave? What was I thinking? I just thought there wasn't a place for me because they needed to clear money for Drew all day. And so I went to Washington, D.C. because I wanted to visit the freaking Heritage Space Museum. And then... This freaking capital got locked down because I was just gonna go on a field trip because I wanted to see something about Henry Clay because I heard he was the inspiration for one of the Muppets. He was the guy the upstanding eagle. I got a third that Jim Henson wanted him to be like Henry Clay because he was the great compromiser. And then there were a lot of guys being crazy and mean. I was just like, why did I ever freaking leave? There's this guy, Russ, who's mean to me all the time. And then there's this other guy. And I just I did it because I got a bigger allowance there. And I feel really bad about it. But also, I didn't think they wanted me anymore. Did you? Why didn't that matter? I did want them, but I just... I thought that Coach Buddy wasn't playing me in the playoffs. He was like, stop playing video games so much wrong. You gotta watch Game Film. And I'm like, but I gotta rewatch the freaking Avengers saga before the last one comes out. You gotta know I have priorities. And then that Lazarus kid was so mean to me. He was like, you gotta get out of here. That vaccine is mine for COVID. And so... I just think they might buy out my freaking contract broken. Maybe I can come back to Milwaukee where I freaking belong. I hope so. Oh, I, miss I miss you so, so much. much. I miss you so much. <gasps> oh, it's like I've been trapped in a freaking alternate reality. And like a lot of it didn't make sense, especially the first couple episodes. I mean, games, they did make sense. I've kind of settled in. It's been a little better, but I, okay. I miss okay. you. I miss okay. you and I okay. love you. Oh, we need to. We need to get together. Okay, who are your predictions for who the who the guest the the new guest star is gonna be? Oh, okay. Well, uh, I mean, there's an incredible back catalog of any 
number of X-Men or Avengers that right. could show up in this thing. She crosses over. She does both. Yeah. She's really kind of like a, a Big Bird figure. Mm-hmm. He can appear in Sesame Street, but also he's in Muppet movies. It's I'll incredible. tell you my number one. Okay. I think that the person who's going to show up is, of course, Gin Genie. Oh, yeah, she'd be great on that show. Gin Genie is, of course, uh, a lady who gets powers when she's drunk. Uh, uh-huh. I think it would fit in well with their suburban ennui theme. Plus, uh, nothing says grief like uh, self-medicating with gin. Uh-huh. I also think that it's a weird tribute to the deceased David Bowie, mm-hmm. the star of Labyrinth, mm-hmm. who occasionally I have read uh, recorded music. <laughs> that happened from time to time. All right. That's Who do a you pr- think? Who do you think? That's a pretty good pick. Uh, I'm going to have to think they're going to make a pretty extreme choice. And I don't mean extreme, the mutant who can ignite people's blood, Mm -hmm. but not when it's inside their bodies. I think it's going to be Slipstream, Mm -hmm. the brother of Lifeguard, who has a magic surfboard who lets him teleport. Lifeguard, of course, can get any powers, but only in life-threatening situations. Mm -hmm. She has gold skin, wings, and claws Mm -hmm. for some reason. But I think Slipstream would be a great addition. He's cool. He can teleport. He freaking surfs. I think that I think that's a pretty good choice. But I also would like to see. I think Lockheed should show up. Kitty Pride's dragon. Kitty, from outer Kitty space. Pride's dragon. Yeah, I think that's the secret actor that they were talking about. Is uh, Andy Serkis playing Lockheed? Kitty Pride's space dragon. They should never let him play a human being again, Brooke. I agree. Um, okay. My thought is, I think this would be a great time to introduce Jack of Hearts. Oh, Space Gambit. Yeah, he can energize cards like Gambit didn't exist already. They just duplicated him. Uh, what about, oh, what about Dr. Druid? Oh, I love Doctor Strange. He's like Doctor Strange, but with like a really racist backstory. Like right. literally, he is Doctor Strange, except his magic powers made him Asian. And I think he's also kind of like the Doctor Druid in our dimension, mm-hmm. the host of Loveline, mm-hmm. who's a vet, who's a COVID denier. Yeah, very, very typical of a doctor to be a COVID denier. He gets a lot of drug-addicted wrestlers to kill themselves. All right, I have another idea. I like the idea of bringing in another doctor, X-Men favorite, Dr. Nemesis. Mm -hmm. You know his powers, enhanced vision, and aging slowly. Oh, that'd be a good character. Yeah, they could bring him in, and you would imperceptibly realize that at the start of the WandaVision series, he was 39 and a half. And three seasons in, he was 39 and nine months. Okay. What if Remember they... when Dr. Nemesis traveled in time to deliver himself as a baby? Mm-hmm. That wasn't really very cool. Okay. Let me pitch this one to you, Robin. Hey. Joseph. Oh, I love Joseph. 
It's just Magneto's clone. Yeah, he, he's he's a lot, he's a clone of Magneto, but he didn't think of a cool name. He was just Joseph. He's just Joseph. He wasn't even Joe or Joey. Nope, just Joseph. He's got long gray hair. Um, he's really ripped. I want to bring up Omerta. Ooh, you know Omerta, right? Of course, he's I invulnerable. Do. He has super strength, mm-hmm. and he was really homophobic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember that time that Nordst- they sent him to space to see if he was invulnerable, and Nordstar had to give him mouth-to-mouth, and he was very uncomfortable because Nordstar was openly gay? Mm-hmm. Did you know his real name was Paul Provenzano? What? The director of the Aristocrats, one of the funniest freaking R-rated movies. Mm-hmm. And- the few R-rated movies I've ever seen that wasn't in the Deadpool verse. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have the last one. Are you ready? I think this is Excited. really who's gonna show up. Okay, it's of course the Spider-Man villain, Big Wheel. Big Everybody Wheel. knows Big Wheel. I oh, so famous. Jackson Wheel, that's his name, is a businessman who's embezzled from his company. Fearing that he might be caught, he hires a useful, uh, youthful criminal, Rocket Racer, to steal the evidence that incriminates him. However, Rocket Racer to steal the ev- uh, however, Rocket Racer opts to use the evidence to blackmail Wheel instead. Despairing, Wheel tries to commit suicide, but Rocket Racer prevents him from doing so. However, oh. Racer is not particularly kind to Wheel. Uh, calling him Big Wheel as a joke. Humiliated, Wheel goes to the mechanical genius, the tinkerer, and gets a big wheel with a gun on it he drives around. So he's like a unicycler with an edge. Yeah. And I think that's, I think Big Wheel's gonna go ripping through the hex, and Vision and Wanda are gonna have to team up and fight that Big Wheel bastard. Oh, he's gonna be tough to take down. I hope they can get the assistance of Triathlon, a.k.a. Oh, 3D Man. He has three times the pa- the strength of us. Guys yeah, like who a are guy really, who's really in, in shape. shape. That's it. Yeah. That's all he has. Yeah. He's what about beautiful. forearm? Right. Four now, arms. He's got four he's arms. He's got four arms. Yeah. His name's, it's, it's like it's a forearm, but he has four. And his forearms are pretty jacked. Mm-hmm. I got to, that's my plan for next year, Brooke. Okay, this episode's going to start. This episode's going to start in twelve hours. I gotta go. I got. I don't call it a drink. Yeah, I gotta. I'm gonna take a two hour power nap, and then it's just Sour Patch Kids, gummy worms. Sour Patch Kids, gummy worms. And then you know what I'm gonna do? I'm not even gonna be drinking Jolt Cola. I got some of the powder in the syrup that you put into a. That, like a, a little machine, you know, the soft serve ones you have. I'm just mainlining freaking Jolt Cola syrup. I'm going to get a 10-game suspension, and it's going to be freaking worth it, Brooke. Totally worth it. Okay, well, we got to watch it together on FaceTime. I'll FaceTime you nine and a half hours before it starts. Yeah, yeah. And we'll just yell the whole time. Sounds like a plan. It's what we always do. We love it. Okay. Okay. Bye, Brooke. Bye, hey, bye Robin. Hey, tell the GM, tell them, tell them to sign me after I get bought out. I will. I hope after I freaking wreck their training room with my with my Joel Cola's strength. Just tell, just tell the owner Fugazi sucks. Yeah, I'll be like Fugazi sucks. You know who rules? Who? 
marrow. He has she has two hearts and she can turn her bones into weapons. Why? Well, that was Brook and Robin. That's uh, weird. I I feel like I need to catch up on WandaVision now. Yeah, I think you do. Uh, apparently, Big Wheel's going to be on it. The Spider-Man <laughs> villain. The worst Spider-Man villain. <laughs> how did how did Spider-Man ever deal with a wheel with a gun on it? <laughs> with, I think that's the one character that Stan Lee invented himself. <laughs> um, Sean, anything you want to plug? Uh, my comedy show, Friday Nights, uh, at 7 o'clock this week, uh, the last Friday of December, our guests are Casey Lai, your friend and mine, uh, and then we have Kevin Avery, uh, from The Wiz, the white version of The Wiz that I started in as the Tin Man, also wrote for many, many shows, and Brent Weinbach. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. That's a great uh, lineup. That's a really good lineup. Classic, classic San Francisco there. Classic San Francisco. Are you hosting like Sunday Fridays? at the Punch? I know, it's weird. Uh, <laughs> it's surprisingly a good Zoom show for a Friday night, but come check it out. 7 to 8 uh, Pacific. Uh, and then as for me, you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz, where on February 17th, I think I took a shot at this show because I tweeted... You know, I think I'm going to start a podcast. I mean, so few people are doing them. Wow. Wow. Um. Look, Frankie, again, you're also welcome to do my Friday Night Show. Hit me up. My DMs are open. Sean, did you write a song? You know, I did, and I got Robin Lopez to record it. Oh, good. Uh, so that's playing under us right now. Yeah. Trust the process. Trust the process. And uh, shut it down. Let's all go to the Horde tour and then watch WandaVision. Ow! Ever since I was a young man, I played with the round ball. From Palo Alto to Tucson, I was part of the Cardinal. But I've never seen nothing like who he got back for John Wall, this weird triple-double guy. Sure likes to hog the ball. Demands each free throw rebound, I always just box out. Only wears his clothes once, and then he throws them out. Always yells at the refs if he doesn't get the call. This weird triple-double guy sure likes to hog the ball. He's a Washington wizard on OKC Transplant. This Washington wizard sure hates Kevin Durant. How do you think he does it? I don't know. Why did they call him Brody? He doesn't get discouraged when his shots don't go in. Tries to shake the game up just like James Vaughn's chin. If you take his rebound, there's gonna be a brawl. This weird triple-double guy sure likes to hog the ball. I thought DC was gonna be a dream, but Russell Westbrook hasn't helped this crappy team. 
doesn't play much defense. He just goes for a steal. Always over dribbles before a pass to Bradley Beal. He's not the greatest teammate, but at least he's not Chris Paul. This weird triple-double guy sure likes to hog the ball. He really does. He should pass it to my friend Rui more. Or he could even throw it to Mo Wagner. Or is it Wagner? I always get it right. He does have the same last name as Nightcrawler. That's pretty cool. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.